The ProAct know-how. Hi, it's Mark Sam. Welcome to this webinar. What we're looking at particularly today is, is the EU changes with regard and how they're going to impact in Cyprus. Now, it's not simple. It's quite complex. It's driven by the EU. The EU are changing the rules um, and the, the, the rules that are being changed are to accommodate um, a whole host of, of different scenarios where effectively they're looking to attract capital, business and investments from overseas um, uh, as a new way of growing the economy. Cyprus is a tourist economy and for years that they've had uh, tourists coming, uh, investing in their local economy uh, for their holidays and then their holiday homes. And now they're looking to grow their business and, and become an expat uh, overseas business center um, using the technology of today uh, to build a, a, a digital vibrant economy going forward. The number of different tax incentives for that uh, and, and they work quite well. Coupled with that, you've got the EU that are changing the way that things operate um, ostensibly for security and stability reasons, but also to uh, regulate the, the flow of people within the EU. It's a major requirement for the EU that people have got freedom of movement, the capital and labour, and they can live and work anywhere within the EU. Um, but with remote working on the increase, uh, the changes that are needed are to ensure that uh, when you relocate within the EU, you do it in a proper, orderly, uh, compliant tax way. Uh, for example, if you're working remotely uh, down the road from your employer, then it's very simple that you could stay on your page earn or, or your contract work um, within that jurisdiction, within the UK, within Cyprus, within, within Germany. Once you go across border, it becomes more of an issue. You can go to another country for um, up to 90 days on a short business uh, or travel trip. But beyond that, you should have a more formal residence. And beyond that, uh, if you're uh, an employee or subcontractor, you should be registered for that work in that location after 90 days. Now, you know, so that that is a, a slightly different play and a complication in tax law uh, with, with respect to uh, the situation that you've got um, in terms of tax residency um, being more than six months in a country. So you can live in a work in a country for up to 180 days a year as a resident uh, without being a tax resident. But if you're working as a subcontractor uh, or on the payroll of a, uh, another company or an employer in another jurisdiction, that, that business is supposed to set up uh, a branch office in that location or uh, you're supposed to register as a sole trader in, in the place that you're your resident for those six months. Now, this is the, the international rule that is applied to a greater or like a lesser extent around the world and means that nomads need to plan what they're going to do and how they're going to do it if they're going to be living and working abroad long term. So um, <clears throat> to, to manage that process, the changes that Cyprus are bringing in from January 23 for businesses from abroad uh, are much more heavily centralised involved in terms of the tax registration, the social insurance registration to ensure uh, that 
there's compliance for people relocating to Cyprus from within the EU and outside the EU that they're paying tax and social insurance. Now, it doesn't mean that a nomad can still not have a very um, a liberal lifestyle in terms of roaming, but to, to pay zero tax isn't a practical solution. We've got to have a tax residency somewhere. So it, where is your tax residency going to be? And then manage that arrangements from there. Um, and for more information and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com and we'll happily discuss some options that you may have uh, for that. So within the EU, they're looking for expats relocating to work across the EU to, to be resident so they can become tax resident and social insurance, national insurance resident in that jurisdiction. So that's the first part of the play. So how does that affect people outside the EU? Now, post-Brexit, the UK uh, expats are outside the EU. Uh, now, when you've still got visa-free travel around the world and to most of the EU countries, once you go beyond the 90 days, uh, residence becomes a factor that you should consider. And this is what the Schengen Zone will introduce in 2023. And the changes within the EU are driven by this. And the big stick of the Schengen zone is that the, at the border, you'll be monitored in, and prevented potentially from spending more than 90 days in 180 in that jurisdiction. So if you've got a holiday home in Portugal, you can spend 90 days every six months there unless you're a resident. So you need to get that residency. And then once, if you're working, more than 90 days, you need to consider about the social insurance and tax residency. And if you're living there for more than six months, you would then be deemed to be tax resident in that jurisdiction. And um, so that applies to EU citizens anyway. For non-EU citizens, it's slightly harder. It's about whether you're going to get a visa and whether you're going to get that residency. And the, the rules in Cyprus now are pretty much aligned with something similar to what is being offered in the UK. So uh, a, a new expat coming to live and work in Cyprus um, can apply for one year's visitor's visa. I said live and work. Uh, a visitor's visa for one year wouldn't be to necessarily to do local employment or, or uh, start a business locally. A visitor's visa would allow you to be in Cyprus uh, and work remotely for an employer somewhere else. And that visitor would have to show um, long-term over the year an income of at least 2,000 euros a month. Um, if there's a spouse and if there's children, that income could, could be more. So uh, a family, a, a, a couple with two or three children might need to show as much as 4,000 euros a month income over a year uh, to, um, not necessarily get the visitor's visa, but to certainly to get that renewal of that visitor's visa. Uh, and that and, and the new visitor visa rules specifically look um, to see that that income is coming from abroad and, and that it's coming from a, a job or an income source or um, a, a pension or an investment or a property rental from abroad uh, to sustain your lifestyle as a visitor in Cyprus. So a visitor's visa doesn't stop you working, stops you working in Cyprus. And as long as you're uh, able to cover uh, the basis in terms of your income stream, 
then um, it, it will be allowed for you to be working remotely um, while, 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 while uh, a resident in Cyprus. Obviously, if you do stay more than six months, you become tax resident in Cyprus and therefore you, you've got that obligation to your worldwide income. Um, if you work into a personal service company, uh, then your company would have uh, a tax liability wherever that company is based, which is a, a slightly different role as well. So having sufficient and stable income is an important part of that criteria. In Cyprus, healthcare is not automatically available uh, to people that are living and working abroad. Um, if you're paying social insurance, or if you're a retired pensioner with an S1, or if you are a permanent resident in Cyprus, you can get, or a Cyprus citizen, obviously, you can get access to the medical system. So by de facto, the visitor's uh, visa for one year are not going to get access to the local healthcare system because it's not based upon an employment or a self-employment um, uh, to pay that contribution unless it's pension income and they have a, an S1 uh, from the UK or another jurisdiction. So private medical insurance is, is required uh, for the one-year uh, uh, residency visa in Cyprus. And, and that would obviously have to be renewed each year uh, to that. Uh, additional other little checks, there's, well, not little checks, big checks, other checks that they're adding in for non-EU citizens, including UK, would be cr criminal checks, uh, a, a blood medical test on arrival in Cyprus. Um, and you have to bear in mind as well that any uh, marriage certificates need to be, uh, or other certificates need to be Greek or English. They are the two acceptable languages in Cyprus, Greek or English. Um, and if they're from a, another jurisdiction, they have to be apostille uh, as well. Um, so it sounds like quite a lot and it, it sounds quite onerous and it, it, you know, it is, but it's no different to anybody uh, relocating to the UK from outside the UK. Uh, it's a similar type of scrutiny that they would go under as well. Um, obviously, your, your passport and your port of arrival is, is of essence. So your flight ticket arriving, that, that needs to be presented when you get your residency visa to stay in Cyprus. Um, and, but that is, is part of the Schengen zone and that will be part of the verification, the checks that are being done as you cross the border. Without the residency permit, then it, the, the Schengen zone restrictions of 90 days and 180 will apply. So you need to get that, that, that residency visa booked. And in Cyprus, that can be a lot of fun. And in different jurisdictions, it can take quite, quite a bit of time to get that appointment booked. So there's only a limited amount of slots and you can be booking three, four, five months ahead. So the, the booking can be used to get you across the border, uh, but you do need to get that booked ahead. And it's a good idea to talk to the ProAct team in Cyprus uh, to help you with that. And you can contact us at proactpartnership.com for that. So in summary, the EU uh, initiating quite a lot of changes with, with immigration. Cyprus have adopted that into two uh, ways so that uh, EU 
and non-EU expats, including the UK, um, are bringing a, a bigger amount of wealth and income creation into into the into Cyprus. You've either got sustained earnings of two thousand euros a month or more from an outside source uh, to to get your visitors visa for the year, or if you're forming a company or a business or an enterprise, then there's other rules and restrictions that apply to enable you to do that uh, through a centralized process. Um, again, which has got an, an extra level of complexity. For more information and guidance on that, contact us at proactpartnership.com and, and we'll see you again next time. The Proact Know How, brought to you by Proact.